0: well hello everyone we're going to get started in just a minute realized how nervous i am doing a good friday message i normally like to participate in them and be able to go to the factory and see what the team has done um so so obviously this is going to be a little bit different so um hope you won't be disappointed so i'm just going to start by praying so Hopefully you'll get there. Um, Remember, too, that we've got um, our Easter Sunday morning gathering on Facebook Live, but it's going to be at 10.30 as opposed to 10 o'clock, so 10.30 um, on Sunday. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing time of Good Friday. I pray that you would be with us as we... um, really journey with you to, to the cross, to the crucifixion, and all of the pain and uncertainty that it, feelings that it brings up. God, would you would you meet us in those moments? Um, amen. So um, welcome to, to this Good Friday service. You know, it's obviously, um, none of us could have imagined um, just a few short weeks ago that this would be how we would be celebrating together our Good Friday. Like I said before, I've, I've always loved this time of year. I've loved what Stephanie and Dej and the team um, has done in the past at the factory um, when it's all dark and, and the cross is there. And they hand, we used to hand out those big nails. Um, I used to always, always be struck by the, the way those services would end. They were always planned to be left um, feeling kind of like unfinished. Um, and I can remember walking out of the darkness of the factory into what was often just really the glaring light of of the Friday and kind of just the hollowness and the emptiness that you felt um leaving the factory space and kind of thinking oh what what must have this day been like for those first disciples and And you know, as today is so different from what we had expected, there is something. Um, I think powerfully significant about this Good Friday in the in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of um, being isolated and and in our in our bubbles, um, that is really worthwhile looking at, you know, like we are in the midst of you could say, a Good Friday season, where there is so much confusion, Um, the things um, that we thought were going to be aren 't, um, and so many things are just up in the air and uncertain and unsure there 's confusion all around um, there 's the loneliness of isolation, the difficulty of separation you know we can 't go down the road or 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 take the things that we or do the things that we took for granted with those people that we that we love there is the fear of loss, the fear of pain, the fear of suffering. And and of death as well. There is the stark um, confrontation of the truth that we are not in control, and you know, with that, with that stark um, being confronted with that truth of not being in control, there is the darkness in that truth of of that that there is so much uncertainty, and you know, in this Good Friday, we can know that that Jesus. Has experienced all of those things and and so much more. Um if you have your Bibles, we're gonna Angela's gonna read and a couple of passages through Mark, Mark 14 and Mark 15. So just give you a minute to grab grab your Bibles and you can read along with um with Angela. So Mark 14 and and we're gonna start in verse 32. I
1: have to put my glasses on. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James and John with him and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before.
0: You know, it was only a short time um, before all of this, that Jesus was, as our last gathering at Mahrangi Vineyard, we read um the Last Supper that that Jesus was once again around a table, um filled with um great food and great drinks, surrounded by his friends and those who are closest to him, and and now he is in in the garden alone. Essentially, you know we're gonna we're gonna re- and just gonna read in a minute from we're gonna jump ahead to. To Mark fifteen, but in between this time and and that, Jesus was to encounter um, and experience the betrayal of of his closest one of his closest friends, one of his nearest um, nearest um, disciples was to betray him. He was he was to experience the accusation um, from false witnesses. And all of the pain that that comes—you know—we've all had things, you know, people who have accused us of things falsely, and, and the difficulty of that. And Jesus experienced that. He experienced the injustice at the hands of corrupt men who have, who have um, unspoken agendas. He he experienced the scattering of those who were closest to him, those who he would spent his life and and poured his life into. He he saw all of them scatter. He was confronted by a crowd who was who was out for blood, who Scripture says cried out, "Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him!" And so we're going to pick up um, Jesus' story in Matthew, or excuse me, in Mark um, fifteen now in verse sixteen.
1: Oh, I don't know how to move it. How do I get off it? Hold on a second technical difficulties sorry how do i get off that just keep talking
0: (laughs) just make something up as a carry on
1: i'm finding it mark 15 verse what
0: verses 16 and we're going to go through to to verse 39 so what, what Jesus had, had just experienced, the, the trial um, and, and being in front of the, the Jewish leaders as well as um, the Romans.
1: Sorry, I've got it now. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters, called the Praetorium, and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed, spit on him and dropped to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha! Look at you now! They yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi. Lema Savakthani which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died he exclaimed this man truly was the son of God
0: you know in in sort of preparation for for this week I was reminded of one of the first books I read in my um, in my study program, which was um, in module one, and it's a book from a guy named Gerald Sitzer, who is in his own right a theologian, but he's written a a book called um, A Grace Disguised, and it's how the soul grows through loss. One of my um, one of my favorite books so far that we've that I've read in the program, but. What it's, what it's about is um, just the unbelievably tragic story of how one night coming home um, with his whole family in the car, they were hit head on by a drunk driver and, and in one moment, um, his mother, his wife of 20 years and one of his four children, a young daughter were all killed instantly. And so the story goes of so he's written this book about his own, his own experience of, of great grief and loss, um, but also how, how his soul could grow from, from all of that. And, and there's a quote in here that I, I just kind of immediately came to mind as I was thinking about this Good Friday and, and kind of what we, what we face, and I just wanted to share it with you. And it's this, this idea of in these moments of darkness, like I had said before, um, what do we do when when we when we find ourselves in the dark? And he says this: the quickest way for anyone to reach the sun and the light of day is not to run west, chasing after the setting sun. But the quickest way is to head east, which is plunging in, which is plunging yourself into the darkness until one comes. To the sunrise. You know, I believe that is a word for, for us in this season. You know, there is so much that, that we are experiencing that none of us could, could have expected. You know, the, the, this Good Friday, um, I guess I feel like God's invitation is for us to turn and to face the darkness of the unknown. For us to turn and face and walk into the darkness of our fear, the darkness of our uncertainty, the darkness of our, of our anxiety or whatever it is, our loneliness, all of the things that we are feeling, all of the things that, that are not just theory but are, are genuine experience in this Good Friday, probably like no other Good Friday before. And I believe that we are to follow Jesus' example and surrender our will, to surrender all of those things that we thought um, were going to be and to walk into the darkness. You know, we often think of darkness as being, you know, a terrible place, a place that we need to flee from, a place that we need to um, kind of run away from. And yet throughout Scripture, there's an amazing example of of, and I think someone shared it this week in our in our um, little two minute things about being sheltered in the shadow. The shadow is a place of darkness, and yet it's a place of encountering God and I think that is our challenge that is our our opportunity in in this good Friday in this season is to walk into the uncertainty with a faith that knows we can and will encounter God in the darkness. You know, it's in the darkness we will know that the sun, the S-O-N, sun will rise again. You know, I think of scripture that says the light will shine in the darkness and the darkness will not. The darkness has not. The darkness cannot overcome it. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are a God who never leaves us, a God who never forsakes us. You're also a God who does not call us to run west chasing after a setting sun. You're a God who calls us to turn east and face the darkness, knowing that you will be there with us, knowing that we have And we follow a Jesus who did the very same thing, who faced the darkness of the cross, who faced the darkness of loneliness, of abandonment, of false accusation, of torture and of death. And he did so knowing that God would never leave him or forsake him.
1: Yeah, and God, I just want to pray for every... Every family represented, every person represented that we love and hold dear, the ones that are in our bubble and the ones that aren't. And God, just that sense of grief that we're feeling at this time for not being able to be with or do or or yeah, experience the things that we've known in the past. And God, I just I'm just reminded through all of this that you know those feelings. God, you knew what it was to be alone you knew what it was to be looking at something that you were really afraid of and not really wanting to face it asking your father to take it but God you walked into it and you paid the cost so god i just pray for for each of us today that that we would would kind of sit with the weight of all you've done not not in a place of feeling like that's a sort of empty place but god that that is a it's a really amazing weight to sit with and knowing that on Sunday God that we get to celebrate the life so God I pray you would be with each of us today and whatever we're doing God I pray for huge amounts of grace in every family for lots of fun for for new experiences God for your peace and for your comfort
0: Well, it was wonderful to share a Good Friday with you. Um, As you go throughout your day, um, continue to embrace those feelings. Continue to um, invite God to reveal himself in the midst of the darkness. Um, Walk through the uncomfortable, uneasiness of, of Saturday, and be expectant of the joy of the risen sun on Sunday. Thank you all, and we will see you on Sunday to celebrate. See ya. Bye.